Hello. Hello. This is Josh. And this is Ellie. And welcome to the 93 Talks, a podcast brought to you by the UK's largest network of state-educated university students, the 93% Club Foundation. Did you know that 93% of the UK's population is state-educated? This number is not representative of the university population and definitely not represented in the corporate world. It's our mission to rectify this and support those that make it to university. Here on the 93 Talks, we will bring you content with employers, successful professionals and community ambassadors. This is a podcast for students, by students. We are the 93% Club, serious about social mobility. Welcome to the 93% Club National Podcast. So today we have the wonderful Eloise Skinner, an author, teacher, therapist and a founder of a new upcoming business. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. We're really excited to um, speak to you today and kind of get an insight on all the wonderful things you've been doing. So um, first, we just want to get into um, how has your background shaped you as a person? Um, with us being kind of a social mobility society, um, were you really interested in how social mobility is really important to you and how it's kind of shaped you as a person and your values um, today? Yeah, so I am definitely passionate about social mobility and especially in the kind of more traditional corporate careers. I think it's so important to um, really get out the message to people that those careers are accessible to anyone regardless of your background or kind of what you think that you should be doing because I was definitely someone who grew up not knowing any lawyers at all and I really felt like I'm not sure if this career is the right place for me because of you know I didn't go to private school and I didn't have some of the sort of um, advantages or connections that I saw that other people had um, so I always felt a bit like I'm not really sure if this is the right place for me but um, it's been one of my intentions I guess with my work to really express to people that those careers are completely accessible regardless of you know your background or your experience and so I think for like in terms of my actual background I am my family are basically musicians and teachers um, or music teachers and so I grew up in a very creative kind of um, yeah like a very encouraging environment where my parents really um, wanted me to do whatever I wanted with my life Um, but we definitely didn't have like you know some of the financial advantages that other people that sort of my friends and my peers had Mm. um and yeah so I went to kind of my local um state schools and then I went to university in Cambridge um which was really where I um sort of experienced a lot more of like the differences between people's backgrounds I think it becomes a lot more obvious at university when you're sort of like thrown into a big environment where lots of people have come from different places um so I think that was when I started becoming really passionate about social mobility and I worked a lot with like the access and the outreach teams to kind of bring more awareness of the the Cambridge educational system to people from a variety of backgrounds yeah that's amazing so did you did you find it quite difficult at university did you get like kind of a shock when you first went there um to kind of the different lifestyles that you were kind of exposed to did you feel kind of uncomfortable at any point or did you kind of just feel like you you could thrive in that kind of environment 
yeah I think it was probably a mix of um of like a variety of things and I think so I had actually gone to um second no I'd gone to sixth form in Cambridge which was like an academically selective um sixth form so I'd had two years at this place um called Hills Road and that was kind of a Cambridge environment even though it wasn't like it, you know they were just selecting people on the basis of um like grades and potential and yeah. stuff but um it was definitely closer a lot closer to the kind of Cambridge University lifestyle than I'd ever experienced before and that was a huge shock to me and I remember thinking like I I felt really behind everyone else and I think I've always had that feeling of like being slightly behind other people and like that other people have a lot more knowledge or advantages or just like experience in the world than I have yeah. and I think that's actually something that's like weirdly made me achieve like much more than I probably would have otherwise because I've always had this sense of being like oh my god I really need to catch up yeah. like I need to work 10 times harder than everyone else to even be on the same level and I remember like my first year at Cambridge like I was studying law and um I just had no idea like if I was good <laughs> if I was actually like good at it or not and I remember working so hard because I just thought like I am I must be so behind everyone else and I've always had that feeling of I'm sure other people are ahead of me and then at the end of the uh at the end of the year I was like fifth out of everyone in our year and I like could not believe it it just I think it's maybe this is a common thing amongst like people who have had backgrounds where they've like struggled a little bit either financially or in terms of like getting an education that feeling of always being I'm sure that other people are better than me like I'm sure they are and I think weirdly that sense has actually encouraged me to achieve more in my life. Yeah I completely agree with you I think um, so I come from like a town in the northeast of England um, state school educated and I've mm -hmm. always felt like that like always felt like I've like surely like I'll always be behind if like when I came to university I studied law as well um, and kind of that feeling that like there's always going to be someone better and like surely I must be behind if I went if I went to a state school and I didn't have like all of these mm -hmm. kind of um, people around me that did law before and stuff like that so I, I definitely understand that um, and I think there's, it's really interesting to hear that you said um you know like pushing it made you push yourself um harder I think yeah I think mm -hmm. it's I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that um I think there's definitely pros and cons to both isn't there yeah. um you you have done a lot of extracurricular as well and I wish we had um all day to speak about it but um I know you do a lot in the wellness sector and things like that but what mm -hmm. do you think has been the most beneficial experience um for your own personal development over the past few years I think the most beneficial thing has been doing a, a variety of other things like I think it's more the mix of the things that I do that actually gives the most benefit rather than any particular project obviously things like yoga and dance and like the kind of mm -hmm. body focused stuff has been really really important especially for a lot of people who go into law it's a very theoretical profession like it's very much about thinking and like reasoning and like sitting down at a desk for 16 hours a day and just like getting the thoughts out of your head and onto a piece of paper and I think for a job like that it's been so valuable to have these really like embodied kind of experiences in teaching yoga and practicing yoga and doing meditation and also um, dance and stuff like that and I think that is something that probably everyone going into a very intense desk job type career should consider taking and it doesn't have to be like any particular thing it's just something that makes you feel connected to your body um, and gets you a little bit out of your head and back into 
like the rest of your life I think you know those are the practices that it's really valuable to develop and it definitely should be something you enjoy and something that feels like a reward for your body but I think you know I kept I'd come across um in my first few years in the city so many people who were just living in their heads like alone and then you know their body would be like something that just got them to the office in the morning and then maybe you go to like a fitness class or something but you're not really like connecting your mind and your body and so I think things that help with that could be like yoga or meditation but also things just like um that you're doing with a mindful mm-hmm. awareness like whatever your sport is or whether you like to go for a walk or a run or whatever it is but just bringing that element of mind body connection that's probably been the most valuable thing yeah when did you when did you first like start getting interested in, in like meditation and yoga and things like that um because I know uh, I know when we had a lot of time like last year during the lockdowns uh, I got into like a lot of yoga and meditation practices and I think you do kind of like see the benefits super quickly as well don't you and when did you like kind of start getting involved? I think you're so right in that it's normally something that people turn to when they're going through like a bit of a either like a difficult circumstances or they feel like they really need to um sort of step up their practice of like um connecting to their body and their mind so it's normally something I think people turn to when they they are looking for something um and so I definitely think it came into my life like very prominently when I was in the city like in the first few years of my maybe even in the first like few months of being a trainee lawyer in the city um and I remember just thinking like I need to do something that is like Mm -hmm. away from this environment and that involves putting my phone down and not looking at my emails for even 50 minutes or like 45 minutes where I'm just like not in this space because I couldn't I almost felt like I can't get away from this environment like even when I was on the train home or like in my house or you know like with my friends or whatever I would still feel like I was working because of you know you're looking at your emails all the time and you know there's always the chance that you have to go back to the office and stuff and so I think having a practice that was like completely separate and also it's kind of divided from the rest of your life because once you're practicing meditation or yoga you really can't multitask or like check your emails or whatever but yeah I I mean I had always been interested in like fitness and dance yeah. and stuff like that my whole life so it kind of is a matter of choosing different practices that sort of fit where you are right yeah. now yeah I really admire that um I think a lot of people will struggle um and do struggle with kind of you know putting their phone down and not looking at emails especially when everyone's working from home it's, I guess it's so easy to kind of just check your um, laptop and it's just sitting there and check your emails um, but I think mm-hmm. like everybody that's listening could really take what Eloise has said and maybe do like a 10 minute I, I sometimes like just go on YouTube and do like a 10 minute um, meditation I think it's so so beneficial and it's not it's not very long and I do think um, it makes you like a generally like happier person overall do you agree? Yeah, for sure. I think it definitely it's it's almost like um, a skill like that you can put in your general life toolkit and then you can you can adapt it to whatever you need at the time. That's kind of the beauty of these practices like yoga and meditation is like I don't think and even as like a yoga meditation teacher, I would never say to someone like your practice needs to look like 20 minutes a day sitting doing meditation and then an hour of yoga mm-hmm. every single day for the rest of your life because I just don't think that's very helpful and it's also not realistic and I think when things aren't realistic they become harder to maintain 
So I think instead of that, it's more like learning as much as you can about the skill of yoga and meditation, getting yourself to a basic understanding so that you can practice it on your own. And then just being able to recognize what your life needs at that time. So like if you're going through a particularly busy phase um, where you feel really stressed, maybe stepping up your practice. If you're going through, you know, a phase where you're very relaxed and like you're on holiday or whatever, like adapting it to whatever the situation needs. And I think that's kind of the real gift of yoga and meditation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so just moving on from that, do you think we've kind of like touched on this already, but um, and when you were kind of balancing all your work as a trainee solicitor, um, but do you think all of this emphasis on kind of your wellness practice um, helps you to balance kind of a busy life now. So do you schedule, like, do you schedule in um, like when you're going to do your yoga and meditation, like throughout the day, or do you do it just as you kind of feel you need to? Yeah, I think it's probably a mix. So just like, again, kind of using the practice as and when I feel like I need it. Um, I think now after like maybe even a decade or something of doing some kind of meditation or um, contemplative sort of uh, body practice, like yoga or meditation in various forms over the years, that I do have quite a consistent way. Like in the morning, I like to start with a few minutes of like meditation or reflection or whatever. And then throughout the day, I'll be doing like, you know, I dance a lot now actually instead of yoga, but I do sort of um, short little practices just to keep my body like warm and um you know make sure that I don't get injured or anything when I do come back to teaching and practicing more um like long term so yeah I would say it varies like at the moment it's definitely like Mm -hmm. less intense because obviously we're not in the studios and I think when we go back to normal life whatever that looks like it probably will step up a little bit to match the intensity of my life but I think at the moment it's more just like it's helping me stay like focused and grounded and you know it's a support rather than like being a huge part of my life yeah that's amazing I, I really admire um your kind of ability to balance everything and you know find things that you really love like um your passions like your dance and um yoga and things like that I, I think it's really it's really great um we we did notice as well this is kind of moving on to something else now but um that you were a, you did a kind of placement as a peace ambassador um would you tell us just a little bit about that because I know a couple of our members were kind of really interested in that yeah this is such a weird experience I don't think I've ever spoken about this on a podcast before Um, (laughs) but um yeah so this was in 2000 and I want to say like 2014-15 and um, yeah. it was actually a little, a short like internship with um, a UN, some like branch of the UN, um, which was doing sort of um, trips to South Korea. And it was, um, mm. they called it like a peace ambassador program. And it was basically just going out there. It was almost like an exchange program, um, like staying with um, yeah. a lot of South Korean students at the time and just like traveling around and really getting to know the culture and like experiencing life out there and we did a lot of like um we did a lot of like media work so we there were you know like um talking about the like the peace process and stuff like that it sounds quite dramatic now when I talk about it but like I don't think I really um at the time I I think I was like well this is a cool thing to do um but I don't think I really realized did you do it through university um no so it was actually um a connection that I had completely separate from that which was um that my grandfather had fought in the Korean War 
so he oh, was wow. yeah so he was already connected to various like programs that were going on so I applied through that um so yeah there were like it had it was kind of a weird thing <laughs> it was kind of a weird thing to do um but it was a great experience actually and like you know the situation in um South Korea not to make this like a political podcast but like <laughs> has changed so much since then so it really was like a moment in time that was like very unique and like I'm really grateful that I got to be able to got to be able to do that and I think also like yeah. you know my internships or like the things that I did even during university were so varied like I look back on them now and I'm like yeah like I did um, an internship with the police and I like went into the house of commons and did some like journalist like research stuff mm-hmm. um and I was doing like writing for various um organizations and then I did like a British council thing and I think even though I knew I wanted to be a lawyer I could see how important it was to have different experiences even at that point um and so I think you know that's probably the message that I would tell people from from these internships and experiences is like it is so important even if you think you know exactly what you want to do it is so important just to have a varied selection of things um in your life and experience and especially you know when you're a student or you're just graduating um I think those are the times when you really get to play around and explore different options and paths and you know you should take all of those opportunities yeah I completely agree I think it's so important especially now with the job like the job sectors are so competitive now and I think I think it's so important to kind of have lots of different experiences so you know like exactly what you want to do um how did you like with you being state educated um how did you kind of manage to get those internships was it through kind of did you reach out to people or um were your family like kind of really supportive in that way yeah I think it was a variety like I've never really had a connection like I've never had um an internship that was like oh my uh my dad happens to work at like this business and I'll just go and I'll just go and do that um but like having said that there are obviously opportunities to make your own connections like and I think as you do get older you can almost start carving out those opportunities for yourself and it's like you don't need your parents to be in a position of privilege to kind of like get in touch with someone that you admire and say could I shadow you for a day or like could I um, write an article about you or could I interview you for my podcast or whatever and like I think as even as a student or a recent um graduate those opportunities are open to you and I I know sometimes it feels like they're not but I think you really do um get a whole like a much broader view of the world when you just like throw yourself into it and like see what happens and so I think I'm trying to think now so like the police one was definitely like it came up at university someone um it was just like a opportunity they were offering to law students at uni so I just you know that was something I applied for um and then some of my very first pieces of legal work experience were literally just on the high street, like yeah. high street law firms, you know, you just write them a letter saying like, is it, yeah. is it okay if I just come in for a week? And I don't know if that, cause I mean, this is like quite a long time ago now, um, but so I don't know what whether processes have become more formal, but I do think, you know, the smaller and the more like local the business, the more likely they are to just be like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, come in and do some work experience. And then you kind of just build on it. So every single piece of experience becomes your foundation to ask for the next piece or like to get your set of contacts at that firm and see if they know anyone else or, you know, so you're always building and expanding your experience. And then things like writing for publications. um, I think that can be 
so helpful you know if you can write articles if people know you're doing sort of like journalist type work or you're a writer or you're a speaker or you do like presenting or whatever then you start to build a little bit of a reputation for yourself or like a name for yourself and then you know so much yeah more comes that's amazing that. and I think if one thing that we can take from this is just to kind of throw yourself into everything which I think is a really good piece of advice um and I think I think you have definitely done that especially with your launching your new business so could you tell us just a little bit more about your new adventure with your new business to kind of tie up the podcast yeah for sure so yeah one thing I did probably want to say about this and about all of my other experiences as well is like failure or like people saying no to you is just a part of like wanting to do anything in this world and I think I was probably someone who when I was 18 I was like so scared of um, people saying no or like turning me down for opportunities and I, I had always worked so so hard to like get the things that I wanted and I really felt like scared of being of like ever you know like failing anything or like doing anything wrong and I think probably what the last decade has taught me is like that is just it's a it's just a part of life and b it's actually becomes a gift because every single piece of feedback that you're getting whether it's a yes or a no is telling you something about your life or about the world or about the opportunities that are out there and so it's really just a case of like you know if someone says no to you figure out why and then use that information to like support or shape your next move and I think that sense of like resilience of like I know what I want to do and I'm going to find a way to get there and you know 99% of people might say no to me but like 1% of people might say yes and that's the only opportunity you need and that's the only one you know that's going to matter in the end so yeah and then and then that kind of links to the business I think because as I have been learning um starting a business is one of those things that like you really could fail at it for no for no apparent reason like you know you could just the market might not be right or the circumstances or you know you just get the messaging a bit wrong or like the brand doesn't work or what like a thousand different ways you could this could go wrong and I think just having that sense of like you know yeah. I'm still going to try it and I'm going to learn as much as I can I'll just see what happens I think that's the most important thing um so at the moment the business is well I am personally on a um sort of like an accelerator course for founders to just it's basically like business school but like very practical um and so I'm kind of in development with the like the products that will come out of it and the services and stuff but it's going to be about um sort of finding your purpose and navigating the question of purpose um and I also have a book on that topic coming out in October. Amazing when do you hope to kind of launch yeah, it will probably be um, in the next couple of months. I'm like getting the platform ready and like um, there's going to be a lot of it's going to be kind of video talk content um, and self-directed learning resources and stuff. Um, so it will be in the next few months, probably before the book. Yeah, I'm hoping. But yeah. um, that's the thing with um, like trying to start a business. Is so, and I think especially coming from coming from university into law, which is like the most kind of structured career like you know you have very defined tasks and you know exactly what failure looks like and you know what success looks like and then the business world is just like it feels like just walking into like a cloud of mist and you're like I have no idea what like I don't even know what a good outcome looks like you know I don't even know like what success looks like really so 
it's all a bit unknown but um we'll see how it goes yeah it's kind of exciting though because it's kind of like you don't know what to expect you don't know what's going to come next yeah as opposed to having that sort of structures and you can kind of see what the future's going to look like so 100%. so yeah I, I wish you all the best with that I think it's going to be amazing and I think everybody who's listening could um look out for it and um show Eloise some support oh thank you um, so yeah thanks so much for talking to us today um I've really been like kind of inspired and admired by all the things that you've said and I feel like I'm definitely going to go and do some meditation now (laughs) Um, so yeah thank you so much for speaking to us today um and I hope we can speak to you in the future and we'll definitely kind of be uh looking out for your new business adventure so yeah thank you very much today Louise Uh, thank you for having me no problem bye now